Well, hey, it's Mark Simone here for Sean. Uh, Sean is off uh, today, but not really off because he's working as we speak, putting together a big program for tonight. Nine o'clock, Fox News Channel. Very special town hall. Sean Hannity and the President of the United States. They're in Wisconsin. They're going to do this tonight. Big blockbuster special tonight. Nine o'clock on the channel. You're going to want to be watching that. Uh, all around the country. Everything's different everywhere in the country. I don't know where you are right now, but, uh, uh, you know, when you talk to somebody around the country, uh, used to be, how's the weather there? Now it's, uh, what phase are you in? We're, we're phase three. Oh, you're phase three. We're phase two. We're phase, and each phase is different in every place. Uh, you know, uh, New York City, we're still not fully open. We're, here in New York City, outdoor dining just started a couple days ago. Uh, Connecticut, uh, Westchester, uh, which is uh, another county in New York. They're way ahead of us. They're uh, indoor dining already. Uh, you, those of you around the country, you might say, well, it's summer. Outdoor dining is perfect. But, uh, you know, around the country, outdoor dining means a beautiful deck. You're on the water. You're outside. There's grass. There's trees. You should see outdoor dining in New York City. It means they put a couple of tables on the sidewalk. As you're eating, a bus comes by, and the exhaust fumes just goes whoosh, right over your table. Then you, a big garbage truck comes by making all this noise. Then nine homeless people come up to your table. But this is outdoor dining in New York. Hopefully, uh, everything is going to get back on track pretty soon. We'll, we keep saying new normal. I hate that phrase. But uh, I know there's a little bit of what looks like a spike in a, a lot of states. If you talk to uh, a lot of experts, especially Florida, other places, Texas too, they, they seem to think off the record the problem is, about a month ago, everybody under 30, and especially under 30, all the 20-somethings, just let loose. They were all back to uh, seeing their boyfriend and doing whatever and uh, gathering in people's apartments. Uh, also, you could see it in Florida where they were crowding around bars, but especially in people's apartments, all getting together for parties. There was a lot of that going on for the last few weeks, and that's probably what the spike consists mostly of. And that's why when you look... Uh, at Florida and other states, the snooze spike is people 35 or under, whereas uh, last time it was just the opposite. So it looks like that's where it is. I mean, the good news of that is they don't seem to get bad cases of coronavirus. And uh, after a little bit of that, that creates some herd immunity in that age group, which is not a bad thing. But uh, most important thing, uh, wear a mask if you're uh, going into a store in public, all of that. You notice the uh, president. Anytime they do that White House briefing, the first 75 questions are, why isn't the president wearing a mask? How come the president doesn't wear a mask? When is he going to wear a mask? This, is, this goes on for a, a whole half hour of the same question. He's not wearing a mask because he's in a safe environment. Everybody is tested every second in the White House. I've talked to people that work there. Uh, uh, and I said, how often do you get tested? About four times a day. Four times a day? Yeah, anytime you go near the Oval Office, two guys jump out of the uh, woodwork and uh, one sticks a swab up your nose. The other one holds you for five minutes so they get the results. So uh, that's why. Uh, now, also, again, any White House briefing, literally 75 questions. Why isn't the president wearing a mask? Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, could hold a briefing every day for 111 days. In fact, he just did. And uh, nobody has ever asked him why he doesn't wear a mask. He could take questions at the end of uh, every briefing. He does. No one ever even brings it up. It's a ridiculous double standard. The uh, 
Well, speaking of Governor Cuomo, he's thinking of this uh, little quarantine here. It's sort of game playing with, started with Florida. He was fighting with the Florida governor, who had done a phenomenal job in all of this. Uh, but at one point, Florida quarantined New Yorkers for 14 days. So now he's going to quarantine Floridians or New Yorkers coming back from Florida for 14 days. And to make it look legitimate, they announced to 12 other states. So it doesn't look like he's singled out Florida. Now, the president is going to spend this weekend here in the tri-state area, New Jersey, where he owns a big golf club, Bedminster, New Jersey. So, of course, again, these same Jim Acosta idiots uh, who uh, never have a real question. You know, years ago, if you went back and watched a White House briefing, they would ask these brilliant policy questions about foreign policy, about domestic policy, and you'd hear this fascinating discussion. There's no more of that. Now it's just one gotcha question after another. And uh, Kaylee McEnany does a brilliant job of just swatting them away like flies. But then the next day, they ask the same exact gotcha questions over and over. So the gotcha question is, if the president's going to New Jersey, why isn't he uh, quarantining for 14 days? Well, because a uh, the White House response, official response, was he's not, he's not even a civilian. He is the commander-in-chief of uh, the U.S. military. So... Uh, I mean, imagine if we had to send troops in. They don't have to quarantine for 14 days before they can do anything. So there are exceptions to this. Essential workers don't uh, quarantine. I mean, it's just a dumb question, but uh, uh, he'll be there. Now, there's a couple of things. If you're still panicky about the coronavirus, again, just when you go out, wear your mask. Make sure everybody's wearing a mask. Don't go within six feet of anybody. But talking to all the best experts in the world, here's what it comes down to. Uh, they don't think it transmits a lot by touch. It's not about touching surfaces. It's possible, but very unlikely. It's when somebody's talking, coughing, sneezing, those droplets come flying out. That's why you want everybody to wear a mask. But you have to get about a 1,000 droplets to really get infected. Now, when somebody speaks, it's about 30 droplets. So that's why they say don't talk to anybody more than 10 or 15 minutes because after 10 minutes, you could get lots of 30 droplets. So... As long as you don't talk to anybody too long, uh, you're in good shape. So, hey, we got lots to talk about uh, today. Uh, maybe Sean may check in with us a little later on. Again, you want to watch tonight, 9 o'clock, Fox News Channel. Sean Hannity hosting a big town hall with the president of the United States. They'll be doing questions and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if you saw the uh, Joe Biden town hall. It was mostly for big donors it, uh, now, now, notice the president gets on an airplane. He goes to Tulsa, 12,000 people there. He goes to Wisconsin. There'll be a town hall. I think they're doing that at a, at an, uh, I think it's an airport where you have a huge, you've got a huge place where they're going to do it. So people will ask questions. That's what the president does. If you're Joe Biden, you stay in the basement. Uh, everything is a Zoom call, never more than 10 minutes because he can't stay awake that long. But on this Zoom thing, they had voters record questions to ask him. And then it was him and Obama hosting this thing. And they'd play the recording where a person would say, uh, Vice President uh, Biden, I'd like to ask you, and then they'd ask the question. Now, apparently, you know, his memory's not that good. Listen, clearly, he, he's got problems, mental, physical. He's not in great shape there. But he just couldn't remember that these are pre-recorded questions. So every time the person would ask the question, he'd start talking to them. There's one where the woman asked the question, and he says, I understand you're a nurse. Is that right? She's not there. It's just a, it's just a video. And you see Obama try not to roll his eyes uh, and try not to look alarmed at this. But Biden kept doing that, not to mention a lot of other gaffes that uh, kept happening. So how's he going to do a convention? Well, 
They've already announced they're moving the convention. The Democratic convention will not be in the big arena. They'll move to a much smaller venue. And they'll do a very scaled down thing. Because first of all, I don't think uh, uh, if you put a thousand people in front of Joe Biden, I don't think you could handle it. You know, most people feed off the energy excitement of a crowd. I think it might freak out uh, Joe Biden. It's going to be a much smaller um, crowd. And don't be surprised if it ends up being a Zoom convention, even if it's hundreds of people. Uh, I don't know how you're going to watch this. Each, each square will be so tiny you need a magnifying glass. But it may be something like that. Uh, Biden hobbling along. I was talking to Chris Matthews today who said, because I said, how's he going to get through three debates, each one an hour and a half? He can't get through a five-minute Zoom call without a million gaffes or forgetting where he is. How would he get through three 90-minute debates? It's impossible. And even Chris Matthews admitted, well, it's kind of like Rocky. Nobody expects him to win. It's just if he can get through it and he's still alive at the end of the fight, that'll be good enough for Democrats. It's all, it's all they need. Uh, and again, when he gets into that uh, debate, uh, he's going to have a lot of problems, even if he is coherent and knows what uh, is being said. He'll get hit with Hunter Biden. You know, he just kind of brushed that off and dismissed that way back when. He probably should have aired that all out, probably should have had Hunter do a lot of interviews. He probably should have done lengthy interviews about it and got it out of the way. But he didn't. It's a big mistake. He'll have to explain all that in the debates. Not good. Uh, everybody going crazy everywhere. Listen, protesting is good. If you've got a good cause, if you're fighting for something important and you could lay out some reforms you want, some changes in the system, changes in policing, you could come up with some substantial things, substance, things, real concrete things that would make things better. That's a great thing to do. But you got to worry if you're a legitimate uh, person protesting on principle, you got to worry that your protest gets hijacked by a bunch of Big Bang Theory-looking millennials that just came out of their parents' basement who instead hijack your protest and start fighting for the most ridiculous things. You don't want to get distracted with renaming streets or, or this pulling down statues. That's what ISIS does when, uh, when they get to Baghdad. I mean, it's just stupid. Or renaming syrup. This is really not the change you want to fight for. Well, look at Eskimo Pies. They've just announced, I'll change the name. Do you know, has anybody ever seen uh, an Eskimo anywhere? I, you're not even supposed to say Eskimo. It's Inuit. That's the new name. You can't say Eskimo. But uh, I'd, I'd love to fly up to wherever there's an Eskimo and ask them, I, show them the box. Does this really offend you? Yeah, they may, Who knows? Maybe they're proud of this. Maybe they love it. I mean, they're going to start coming after everybody. Um, they already got Uncle Ben's. They got uh, uh, even the, the Lucky Charms, that uh, Lucky Charms leprechaun. He's next. He. He'll be out pretty soon. Anyway, we got lots to get to. Hey, we'll take some calls. 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. 1-800-941-SEAN. Now, don't forget tonight, the reason Sean's not here, he's right now with the president. They're in Wisconsin. They're setting up. We're going to do a big special tonight, big special town hall. Sean Hannity, president of the United States. You can see it at 9 o'clock tonight on the Fox News channel. And don't forget uh, Twitter, at Sean Hannity at Twitter. Hey, follow me, too. It's uh, Mark Simone. Uh, NY at Twitter, although this Twitter keeps removing followers all the time playing games. Hey, so follow me on Instagram, Mark Simone, NYC at Instagram. They're pretty fair. Anyway, uh, we'll take some calls in a minute. We've got a lot of great guests coming up. Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Hey, welcome back. Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Sean is in Wisconsin. He's setting up for tonight. You don't want to miss this at nine o'clock tonight on the Fox News Channel. Special edition of Hannity. It'll be a big town hall with 
the president of the United States tonight at nine on the Fox News channel. Hey, let's take some calls. Let's go to Texas. Let's go to uh, Gemma. Gemma's calling from uh, Texas. Hey, Gemma, how's everything doing there? Great. Thank you so much. Um, I had a question about why hasn't the action in Chaz risen to the level of treason and uh, levying of war? Um, I, I happen to run across a, a site from a defense attorney's yeah. uh, site, and it says that levying, levying war isn't limited to formally declaring war. It includes any forcible opposition to the execution of a public law. Such forcible opposition ordinarily requires actual use of force by multiple people with the common purpose of preventing some law from being enforced. Well, listen, you're absolutely right. People have already said it's clearly, uh, it's like if any enemy invaded and seized American territory and captured it and wouldn't let anybody in, obviously it's a, it's a, it's like a declaration of war. Uh, but that's what happens when you got these crazy left-wing mayors. They're so frightened and uh, weird and left-wing. They'll, they'll, you know, they think it's a block party. They think it's fun. Hey, keep it up. You'll pay for it in November. People don't like this. People don't like looting. They don't like destruction of public property. Keep it up and see what happens in November. And don't believe your fake polls. Wait, where do you see the real results? Gemma, are you still there? Yes, I am. I am. What What's and, uh, going on in Texas uh, as far as the virus? Are you uh, Are people going out that you know? Is everybody okay there? People are going out, at least in my area. I mean, people are going out. I see. A, I see. I still see a lot of people out there. Some people wear masks. Some people do not. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't. You know, I did, they just believe the um, the hype uh, of it. And you know, I, I I was telling my husband the other day. I said, "Well, congratulations. We are we we, we got rid of all disease, but coronavirus." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because hey, so uh, you, were you trapped <laughs> with your were you trapped with your husband for three months? How did that go? That's not so easy, is it? <laughs> It's been okay. We're used to we're used to quiet. So, <laughs> so okay. Well, you sound. I know it's not as crazy as for other people, but. <laughs> well, you sound very nice. Thanks for calling, Gemma. Yeah, I've been talking to. Um, I've been asking psychologists uh, about that, and they said that's the biggest problem. Uh, besides people getting panicky, being afraid, the biggest problem is uh, they're suddenly trapped with the uh, family, or you know, the wife and the husband getting on each other's nerves day and night for three months been a very bizarre time for a lot of people uh in fact i'll tell you everybody uh, you didn't know what to do the first week you know it was uh, everybody's afraid you're hoarding toilet paper that's your whole big uh, activity and then you get into that uh, second month where it kind of calmed down but then you developed your quarantine routine uh and if you were here in new york all you could basically do is go take a walk every day you could go to the it was like living in the soviet union they tell you wait, we you're allowed to go to the supermarket that's it half the shelves empty uh, it really was a good preview what it would look like if Bernie won. But uh, I, and I would always time my walk for like uh, two hours of Hannity so I could uh, wear my little earphones and listen to the show. So if I weren't standing here right now, uh, that's what I would be doing. I would be walking around listening to the show. But Sean's not here. And the reason is he'll be back tomorrow. The reason is he's setting up for tonight. Nine o'clock, Fox News Channel, big town hall with the president of the United States. So make sure you're watching that tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Hey, we'll talk to the greatest columnist in America coming up next. Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Hey, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Sean will be back tomorrow. Now, the reason he's not here right now, he's preparing for tonight, and you don't want to miss this. Tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel will be Sean Hannity and President Donald Trump. Special town hall tonight. 
9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Hey, the best, finest columnist in America is Michael Goodwin, Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, every Sunday, every Wednesday in the New York Post. You can go to their website. You can get all of his great columns there. Michael Goodwin, how you doing? Uh, good, Mark. Thank you. Hey, uh, the DNC, apparently there's going to be a very scaled-down Democratic convention. They're even telling the delegates to stay home. It'll basically be a little stupid uh, Zoom meeting. That's not uh, the way to really kick off a campaign, is it? Well, it is a risk, and uh, but, but I think that, uh, Mark, that what the Democrats are doing are scaling down expectations as well. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe Biden just simply cannot come out on a stage with 20,000 delegates and a national TV audience and give a complete speech. Uh, I, I think the Democrats are looking for a way to hide Biden as much as possible to try to run a committee system candidate <laughs> where you would have the Obamas, the Clintons, maybe uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Elizabeth Warren. You would bring out all the Democrats who ever got a single vote and let them all campaign as though it's a parliamentary system. And you're electing the party rather than a person, because Biden can only screw it up. I mean, he cannot. You probably saw the thing last night with uh, with Obama, <laughs> yeah. where they were doing this virtual fundraiser. And uh, you look on Obama's faces. Where, where's he going with this? Uh, Biden just simply cannot talk. I mean, he can barely say one or two sentences. There's always some mystery, some gibberish, some stammering. Uh, and he never, at the end of it, you never understand his point. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to try to hide him. Uh, but, you know, let's assume for a second that he were to win the presidency. What would you do then? So I think people should take that into account now and not wait until January 20th of 2021 to figure it out. All right, I understand what you're saying. You're absolutely right. That's a good way to try to get the, through this race. But you got three 90-minute de- debates. How do they hope to pull that off? I would suspect that what they're going to try to do is in some way cancel them or change oh. the format so that uh, they're not on physically the same stage. Make it more of a, uh, a split screen sort of thing, so that uh, yeah. that that the, that the camera wouldn't always be on Biden. Uh, I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. I mean, look, I, I have to believe, Mark, that even Biden's team, the whole Democratic Party, is surprised that he's the nominee. I mean, this is not what anybody thought would happen. Uh, he never won a primary before, having run twice for president, never won a single primary, and looked as though he was headed for the, for the dunghill uh, in deep into these until he won South Carolina and at a crucial time and got hot for Super Tuesday. And then that was pretty much it. It was all shut down after that. So even mm. Super Tuesday was truncated. So it, it, it sort of is a Hail Mary campaign so far. And I think that that's what the Democrats will keep trying to replicate, some way of hiding Biden, of minimizing him, of protecting him from crowds, from peep, from questions, try to make everything orchestrated and everything scripted. But even then, I don't know if he can stick to the script. Did you ever think you'd live to see a weekend at Bernie's kind of <laughs> like this, trying to pull this off? What... Uh... 
What, what about, uh, I, I always got the feeling their strategy, their argument, their case was going to be, uh, let's bring dignity back to the presidency. Let's bring civility. Let's bring, how could they ever pull that off when there's rioting, looting, statues coming down uh, on autonomous zones? How do they pull that off? Well, uh, and it would be very interesting to see whether Biden is ever going to condemn this. Um I mean, so far he hasn't. I mean, he's done some oblique things, but essentially he's given uh, praise to Black Lives Matter, which is the sponsor of most of these events, uh, if not the organizer. So uh, when is, is Biden really going to take a stand against this? I mean, it, it's much like Pelosi and Schumer. You have not heard them condemn this. They've, they've torn down statues. They've, they've, you know, created all kinds of violence you know, even even before the statue mania, when it was the George Floyd uh, so-called protests that turned violent, Biden had a passing reference to it, uh, as though it was incidental. It was not incidental. It was it was a featured part of what those groups were about in country, in cities all around the country. So, I think Biden has a lot of problems with what's going on in the streets. Uh, I think he has to have some problem with the Democrats in Congress turning down the Republican bill in the Senate on uh, on police reform. So uh, I think his party and his party in the street, the street party, is not making it easier for him. They're, they're presenting a lot of problems that at some point you think he's going to have to take a position on, not that the mainstream media will necessarily force it, but I think, you know, much the same way that Elizabeth Warren, recall when she was riding high in the primaries and she refused to say how she would pay for her Medicare for All program, that it would involve, would it involve taxes. Bernie Sanders said it would, but you'll still get a deal. Uh, Warren would never say, and if you track her poll numbers, when that became clear that she was hiding something, the poll began to tank. Now, maybe that won't be the case with Biden so much because the the anti-Trump sentiment in the Democratic Party. But I think a lot of undecided voters are going to say, wait a minute, if I can't hear the candidate, if he can't take questions, if he can't explain himself, if he's okay with these riots, he's not my guy. And so I think I think there are a lot of problems accumulating for Biden here. Yeah. Now, they've rigged all the metrics in these public polls, so it always looks like Biden's ahead. But. So the problem is, I don't think they're really, they should be measuring accurately right now. I don't think they've really factored in when you keep yelling defund the police, how that's registering with people, black, white, poor, rich, everybody. When you hear defund the police, don't you think that's going to catch up with them in November? I do. Uh, look, I, I think they're probably going to be, um, as is often the case in politics, but I think the, the late deciders are going to swing the presidential election. Assuming, of course, that uh, we don't have this deluge of phony ballots and that you can never trust the final result. Let's assume we have a clean election by and large. Um, I think it's going to come down to the wire because I think the president, uh, whatever you think of any one poll, I think the trend is pretty clear. Um, And so I think I think he has a problem. He's got some catching up to do. I think it's doable. But I think he needs, uh, as I I said in my column today, he needs a, a needs some good luck with the economy. He needs a more disciplined candidate, meaning him. 
But I, th- I think he also needs a better message, a clearer message. I don't think he has one yet. What is the second term about for him? Why does he want four more years? I don't think it's enough to say, well, I want to do what, I, what we did before the pandemic killed it, only, only this time it's going to be even better. I, I think there's a lot that can be said, and in the context of these tearing down of the statues, the anarchy, the, the overt violence in the streets, I think there's a lot to be said. And as I wrote in the column, there's a wonderful piece by a man named uh, Klingenstein, Thomas Klingenstein, the Claremont Institute, about preserving the American way of life should be the Trump theme. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for that, because, it, it, because it, A, it's a big idea, but most importantly, it captures what's going on now. People can relate to it in terms of what, is, what they see on their television screens every night, what they hear in their neighborhoods, you know, whether it's just firecrackers or riots. Um, so I, I, think there's a, I think the president needs to clarify more what a second term would be. Uh, because uh, right now I think that he needs to earn a second look from some undecided voters. Yeah. Now, we should always point out that at this point, Michael Dukakis was ahead by 17 points. <laughs> bear that in President mind. Dukakis. Don't you mean President <laughs> Dukakis? Uh, well, Michael yeah. Goodwin, uh, what, what do you think of the vice presidential? Uh, Kamala Harris. Remember in that first debate, she spent 20 minutes explaining why Biden was a racist. Yeah. How would they ever have her and explain that video? Uh, she would be a difficult choice to make. I don't think she helps them. I don't think she was very good as a candidate. I mean, that was the highlight of her entire campaign. And after about uh, three weeks, it faded and she was gone. Uh, I don't envy this pick uh, for Biden because I think that you know, they're playing a game with that, too, of course. Every day there's a, there's a list. It's getting closer. And you say, wait, it's still six. It was six last month, too. But now you say it's, it's, you know. So I think they're playing games with it. I think they're trying to create some suspense. But I think all they're doing is the people who are on the list are, are getting shredded as not good choices. And I, I wrote about Val Demings, a congressperson from Florida, and her second term had been the police chief of Orlando, Florida. And I, I think she's in many ways, you know, she's a black woman, and I think in many ways, uh, you know, she might be an interesting choice. Well, the minute her name surfaced, the head of the Black Lives Matter in New York said it would be stupid for Biden to pick her because uh, the fact that she was a police officer and then the chief of police, he said, he said this, that uh, when, when black people become cops, they're no longer black, they're blue. And <laughs> so I'm thinking, wow, the entire civil rights history has just been turned on its head. I thought we wanted equal opportunity, colorblindness. No, no, no. That's not what Black Lives Matter wants. And so I think that's an example of the kind of flack that Biden is going to get whoever he picks. If, the, if it's not a woman, Katie bar the door. If it's not a black woman, Katie bar the door. So I think, yeah. he's, I think he's boxed himself in here. I think there are no great picks on the list who necessarily give him a state that he wouldn't win otherwise. So the sort of traditional reasons for picking a steady hand, a good number two, ready to step in, ready to help. Who would that be? Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> I mean, well, they hate each I, other. 
Yeah. Great stuff, as always. Michael Goodwin's column is in the New York Post. Go to NewYorkPost.com. You can read all his columns. They're really good stuff. And Michael Goodwin, thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, Mike. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh, Hey, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Sean is in Wisconsin because tonight, hosting a big town hall with President Trump. You don't want to miss this. It's tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Back in a moment, we'll take some calls. 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Hey, let's uh, take some calls. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Sean is, he'll be back here tomorrow, but tonight, big show tonight, big special tonight. Sean Hannity and the President of the United States special town hall, 9 o'clock tonight on the Fox News Channel. Let's go to uh, Richard, who's calling from Long Island. Richard, how you doing? Hello, yes. Uh, I was wondering if, yeah. if Joe Biden physically unable to run against Donald Trump in the presidential election, who will the Democrats run against him, and what's the process, and how would that play out? With the D- Oh, that's a very, yeah, very good question. Thanks for calling. I don't remember exactly. If uh, they have the convention and they nominate Biden and a vice president— and then uh, after that, the campaign proceeds. What happens if something happens to Biden? I don't remember if the vice president automatically becomes a candidate. I would assume they can appoint a new candidate. But it's not like they have anybody. If they had anybody else, they wouldn't be stuck with Joe Biden. You know, uh, let's be honest. About a year ago, the uh, president started calling him Sleepy Joe. That was his nickname. And he earned the nickname because he seemed to be low energy, seemed to be tired. The name doesn't even fit anymore. This is not Sleepy Joe. Clearly, this is uh, something's wrong with him. He's got uh, something wrong. He's got uh, some medical issues, mental, uh, maybe even physical. Uh, you know, so when you say, what if something happens? And what if he has to drop out of the race? It's very possible. You know, go back and watch Biden from November. Watch some video of Biden last fall. He's a lot different now. I mean, he's slipped a lot since then. He has slipped a lot since January. So, uh, listen, we've all had a grandparent or somebody in this kind of shape. And uh, as you know, I mean, I hate to say it, they don't improve. It doesn't get better. It always gets worse. So I I just don't know. So he's got that problem going on. He's got defund the police, looting, riot. I mean, this guy has got some medical problems, not to mention he's got more baggage than uh, Paris Hilton. I don't know what he's going to do. Anyway, hey, make sure you follow me on uh, Twitter, Mark Simone, uh, NY at Twitter. And follow me on Instagram, Mark Simone, NYC at Instagram. And don't forget tonight, big special edition of Hannity. You don't want to miss this. It's Sean Hannity and President Trump special town hall tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Hey, we'll get to General Flynn coming up in the next hour. Don't go away. Well, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Normally, you hear me on our big flagship station in New York, WOR, the number one talk station in America. You can listen on the uh, iHeartRadio app or online. Uh, Sean will be back tomorrow. The reason he's not here right now, he's preparing for tonight. It's a big broadcast you don't want to miss. It's at 9 o'clock tonight. Big town hall, Sean Hannity with the President of the United States tonight at 9 on the Fox News Channel. Hey, by the way, if you haven't done it yet, uh, you should pre-order Sean's new book. It's coming out uh, called Live Free or Die, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. Pre-order it, because I don't know why, but whenever you pre-order it, you always get it first. Before the release date, it always comes to you. Now, speaking of books, Greg Jarrett, the best legal analyst, 
He has written some excellent books, Witch Hunt, The Russia Hoax. Uh, and listen, with what's going on, it, uh, these, these are books you want to read. It'll tell you everything that led up to all of this uh, nonsense. But it's great to have him with us. Of course, uh, Fox News analyst, Greg Jarrett, how you doing? Mark, I'm great. Good to be with you as always. Hey, uh, so big, big, big uh, events with uh, General Flynn, the uh, appeals court overruling the judge. But what does this mean? We're not out of the woods yet on this, are we? No, the although it does look like, uh, you know, Sullivan, Emmett Sullivan, the federal judge who has been presiding over the Flynn case, is throwing in the towel and, and waving the flag of surrender. Um, he's canceled all of the planned hearings uh, that he had scheduled, which were entirely inappropriate. He had appointed a former uh, judge, John Gleason, to argue as a prosecutor. And, of course, that's not allowed. Uh, you, you know, you're not allowed to bring people in off the street at the trial court level and say, uh, you know, tell us what you think about this case. And the Supreme Court said that two months ago in a unanimous decision. Uh, so now he has called off the hearings. He's been ordered by the higher court to dismiss the case because he had no choice. Uh, you know, once prosecutors, which have sole authority and power to bring a case and drop a case, say we're dropping the case, you know, a judge can't suddenly disrobe, step down <laughs> from the bench, and, you know, play prosecutor. And that's what Sullivan was trying to do. And he got roundly spanked by the Court of Appeals, appropriately so. With all your experience, did you ever see any judge, no matter how left-wing, how crazy, ever try anything like this? No. Frankly, I, you know, I never have. I've seen judges make plenty of errors. Yeah. Uh, in fact, including some of the judges I appeared before when I was practicing law full-time. Uh, you know, if, if judges were mistake-free, we wouldn't need appellate courts and a Supreme Court. Um, in fact, uh, to my great uh, disappointment, they get it wrong too often. And this is a judge who seemed to be driven not by facts or evidence or law. This is a judge who seemed like uh, he had it out for Michael Flynn. I remember, you know, what he said uh, more than a year ago at a previous hearing. He accused Flynn of treason. My God, it, you have to be dumber than a bucket of hair to think that treason could apply to someone like Mike, Michael Flynn, or, or anyone for that matter. The, the treason laws are very clear. We have to be at war for treason <laughs> to apply. And, you know, the judge stepped down from the bench that day and took a break, came back, and, and you know, retracted what he said. Obviously, a law clerk who had been paying attention in law school said, uh, you're on her. It's, treason is not applicable. Uh, and, you know, they, so that, at that point, you know, Mark, I began to worry about Emmett Sullivan. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, Greg Jarrett wrote two great books, The Russia Hoax uh, and Witch Hunt. And when you look back at this now, as they began, The Russia Hoax was the thinking that we got to take out Flynn with him in charge of intelligence. He'll be on to us. He'll discover everything. Uh, and that's why we've got to take him out first. Is that what they were up to? Oh, I think you're absolutely right, Mark. I think that was the motivating force behind it. And the other motivations were that, you know, the outgoing Obama administration, people like Comey and 
Clapper and Brennan and Peter Strzok and others just just hated Donald Trump. I mean, they loathed the guy. They didn't like his policies. They didn't like him. Uh, and, and so they were looking for ways to derail his candidacy. And when that didn't succeed, they kicked it into overdrive. And they, you know, tried to find a way, as Bill Barton, you played the clip a moment ago in the intro, uh, this, you know, was an unprecedented effort for the first time in American history uh, to try to push a president from office uh, by a group of people who are unelected but powerful officials. You know, it was the equivalent of an attempted coup. And, you know, what Barr also said in that interview on Fox News on Sunday is that, uh, you know, the FBI and James Comey knew the very month that, that Trump was inaugurated that it was all a hoax. They found the subsource of the main information who said it's all lies and exaggerations. At that point, I've asked this question repeatedly, why didn't James Comey shut it down? Why didn't he go to the FISA court and say, sorry, we were wrong, we withdraw uh, our warrant to spy? Instead, Comey did the opposite. He accelerated uh, the case, stole government documents, leaked them to the media, and helped trigger the appointment of a special counsel and a two-year national nightmare over nothing ensued. Yeah. You know, in, in my judgment, people like Comey and McCabe, Peter Strzok, they ought to be behind bars. Well, I know, but uh, Greg Jarrett, we always, always get our hopes up. Comey, Strzok, Page, all these guys. Is anything ever going to happen? Well, what do we have left? The Durham report? What will happen? Well, there, I don't think there is a Durham report. Uh, I, I think Durham will follow the rules of the Department of Justice, and that is um, you issue indictments uh, if you have evidence to support them. And so the story, the report, the information that I think we're all yearning uh, to hear will be contained in any indictments. The question is, will there be indictments? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic, yes, that oh. I think there should be. We'll wait and see. I know, but uh, we've been optimistic for a year and nothing ever happens. Is it when it comes to uh, the Democrats, the swamp, the deep state guys, they're just afraid to go after them? Yes, I think that is true. Um, what also struck me about Barr's comments on Sunday uh, is that the mainstream media were witting and willing accessories in all of this. Yeah. They, they drove the Russia hoax narrative without any plausible evidence, and they accepted as gospel all kinds of daily leaks of phony information without ever bothering to corroborate those leaks. I mean, I, that's just you know fundamental journalism, and this turned out to be media malpractice on steroids. And you know, I I think that. The media plays a significant role in this, having corrupted the process of government in Washington. And as Barr said, you know, the media never apologized for getting it so profoundly wrong. And when the hoax was exposed, their silence was deafening. And as Barr said, they just moved on to the next false scandal. And they're still doing yeah. it. 
Oh, look at uh, Jerry Nadler with his uh, one ridiculous, useless fake hearing after another. Now they're going to investigate the firing of U.S. Attorney in New York, Jeffrey Berman, as, as if this is uh, something bothering anybody. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, they keep implying he was investigating uh, Jared Kushner, he was investigating this. Berman's office has put out a statement saying there are no investigations going on that you didn't know about. So what is the point? Well, look, you know, nobody seemed to care when uh, Bill Clinton and Janet Reno fired in a single day more than 90 United <laughs> States attorneys. But, you know, when Trump fires one, Bill Barr fires one, you know, mass hysteria ensues. Um, you know, it, it just shows you how, frankly, the average American doesn't know who Jeffrey Berman is. And frankly, you don't need to know. I mean, he's, he's yeah. the only the only thing I give him credit for was putting uh, uh, Michael Avenatti behind bars. Yeah, but look at his big case, the Epstein case. Uh, they lost the prisoner in the first two weeks. I mean, you can't say it was going great for. <laughs> I know. So. Well done, well done, Berman. Well. Uh, you know, I mean, what do you say about this? You know, look. Part of the problem is that some appointments. Um, were bad appointments. Some of them were not uh, wise. But that's true of any administration, of any president. Um, you know, I was just uh, reading a biography on Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln changed generals during the Civil War about as often as, you know, as I changed my undershirt. Yeah. And, I mean, it was really, as I was reading the book, it was about 800 pages by Ronald Wise, great book. Um, you know, I, I, I started laughing. Oh, my God, he fired another one. <laughs> uh, until he well, finally got a couple of generals, Ulysses Grant and William Sherman, who uh, were good and won the war. So, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, sometimes you have to run through a bunch of employees before you get the right ones. Well, if you want to read some great books, get Greg Jarrett's two books, uh, Get Witch Hunt and Get the Russia Hoax. I assume there's a third book on the way. Uh, no, uh, don't make that assumption. You know, I, uh, I wrote those books myself, and, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. Uh, in the second yeah. book, thank, uh, thankfully, I had some assistance from Glenna Whitley, who's a wonderful journalist in Texas. Um, but you know, it's, it's just an enormous amount of work. And, you know, uh, at my age, I'm not sure I have any gas left in the tank. Hey, you're not exactly Joe Biden. I mean, <laughs> you got plenty of gas in that tank. So, uh, mornings but, I feel like it. That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, just the quarantine getting to you. But, uh, you can watch Greg Jarrett, Fox news channel. You can read his books, uh, Russia hoax, witch hunt. Always great talking to you, Greg Jarrett. Thanks for being with us. Mark, always good talking to you. Take care. All right, take care. Uh, oh, no, no, don't forget tonight, uh, the reason Sean's not here right now, he'll be back tomorrow, but tonight, Sean Hannity hosts a big town hall with President Trump. You'll see it tonight, 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Hey, welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Now, you want to watch tonight. Uh, Sean is putting this together right now, tonight at 9 o'clock. On the Fox News Channel, big special town hall with the President of the United States. They'll do it from Wisconsin. Uh, it will take place tonight. That's where the uh, Democrats are planning to hold their convention. Although now they've announced it won't be a convention. It'll be, uh, I don't know what it'll be, it'll be like a little Zoom meeting. They've told the delegates to stay home 
the reason you put your convention in a certain city is you're trying to win that state. And the reason that helps you win the state is thousands and thou- 10,000 people show up for this convention, spend a fortune, take every hotel room, fill every store and restaurant, and the state makes a fortune. So the uh, poor people of Wisconsin will get nothing out of this uh, convention. Two uh, IT guys uh, there to set up the Zoom camera, and that'll be about it. So I don't know what the point of it is. Hey, let's take some calls. Let's go to Angela, who's calling from Pennsylvania. Angela, how you doing? Good. How are you, Mark? Good. What do you want to say, Angela? Um, speaking of Joe Biden and his um, possible or his problems with his health and uh, yeah. uh, them locking him up in his basement and um, possibly not debating President Trump, the Democrats are being so hypocritical because when John McCain was running, they they constantly um, <laughs> talked about how he was too old and he, he yeah. wouldn't be able to handle it. And, and you know, John McCain lived for many years after that and uh i i just wonder why we're not the democrats or the republicans aren't pushing that issue more right now on why joe biden is not doing anything and 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 pointing out the the that how hypocritical the democrats are being right now yeah that's a very good point angela thanks for calling they did that remember with reagan too he's old he's losing it uh reagan was fine you know uh Remember, they released that book of Reagan's handwritten letters. Every day, he'd write these letters to people. Even in the final day in office, you could see from the way he wrote these letters, his mind was as sharp as can be. But that's a good point. They kept talking about, oh, McCain is old. He's he's feeble. Uh, I, look at this with Biden right now. It's like a weekend at Bernie's situation. I don't know how they think they're going to get through the whole campaign. You notice sometimes Biden speaks with that mask on. He doesn't take the mask off when he speaks. I think they got some device planted in there. I think they're doing some kind of little ventriloquist thing where, because you notice the mask on, he seems to be coherent. So uh, maybe he'll try that at the debate too. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, we got lots to get to. Uh, Steve Moore, one of the great economists, will be with us. What's going to happen with the economy? How's there, how are we going to put this all back together? It's been a great week. It's been a great day in the stock market today, way up. So we got lots to get to. We'll take some calls. 800 941 Sean is the number. Now, don't forget tonight. It's a big night, 9 o'clock, Fox News Channel. Sean Hannity, the President of the United States, special town hall tonight at 9 on the Fox News Channel. And don't forget, get Sean's new book, Live Free or Die. You can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever you get your books and uh, get it there. It's Mark Simone from our big flagship, WOR in New York. Uh, lots more to go on the Sean Hannity Show. Stay with us. Well, actually, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Sean will be back tomorrow. Now, the reason he's not here right now, he's setting up for tonight. you got a big, big, big show you're going to want to watch tonight. Special program, 9 o'clock uh, on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel. It'll be Sean Hannity with President Trump. They're going to do a very special town hall tonight, 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Hey, we'll take some calls. 800-941-SEAN is the number. 800 800- 941 Sean is the number. Here's the problem the Democrats are going to run into. They've rigged uh, all these public polls you see are totally rigged. Fake metrics. Uh, that's why you always see Biden's ahead by nine points, 12 points, 14 points, uh, six points, 10 points. What they do, uh, it's basically three things. One, they don't put enough Republicans in the sample. In the sample that they use, they have Republicans at 24%. Should be 36%. So right there, Trump loses 12 points. And then the other thing they do is they don't survey likely voters. That's the most important thing. Survey the likely voters. Instead, they do 
adults, which means you can do whoever you want. You can go into the faculty lounge and do the poll in there. Uh, the other thing they do is they write the questions in a slanted way that'll give you the answer they want. So you can, whenever you see a poll, uh, subtract 12 points from the Democrats because that's the usual rigging on them. Now, the problem is they're doing this uh, like crazy now. They did it in 2016. Nobody could ever figure out what was the point of rigging the polls. You remember remember that final New York Times? Uh, it's 96.7% that uh, Hillary Clinton will be president. And then, of course, the polls were all wrong. They were totally rigged. They're doing it again. I don't know what they hope to accomplish. But the problem is when you're not measuring accurately, if you're the Democrats, you don't know how damaged you're, get, you, you're getting because of all this stuff, looting, rioting, autonomous zones, statues coming down, people yelling, defund the police. So Democrats may not realize how much damage is being done to them. You know, the idea of uh, Joe Biden uh, originally was, remember in the beginning, his whole thing was uh, bring back uh, dignity and civility to the, well, now you got this Black Lives Matter group yelling, here's the head of Black Lives Matter. Here's his actual quote. If the U.S. doesn't give us what we want, we will burn down the system and replace it. Uh, President Trump tweeting out, this is treason, sedition, insurrection. It really is ridiculous. Listen, there might be some good things to protest for, some principled things. You want certain reforms. Maybe you don't want chokeholds anymore. Although the Democrats didn't put that in their bill. But maybe you want a different type of uh, hiring process for the police department. There could be some specific legitimate things you want to do to improve the system. But that has nothing to do with looting, rioting, and this defund the police. I don't think Democrats realize what this is doing to their chances in November. In every group, white, black, old, young, uh, rich, poor, whenever people hear defund the police, they just see crime coming to their neighborhood. You know, you don't want to end up like Chicago with, where you're just living in a killing field. So that defund the police is really going to come back to haunt them. And the problem with the... A lot of these protesters, it may have started off with some legitimate protesting, but you got hijacked by all these morons who are just looking for superficial things like, uh, let's change the name of a syrup, let's uh, rename a street, let's pull down a statue. You know, uh, the idea of painting Black Lives Matter on the street, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's nice, but what it doesn't do anything. It doesn't accomplish anything. And you got this nutty left-wing mayor in New York, Mayor de Blasio, and take a look at his eyes. Uh, I'm not a pharmacist, but what is that look in his eyes? Uh, but anyway, you got this mayor who can't control anything. Everything's out of control. You've had rioting, looting. Shootings are up dramatically. Crime is up dramatically. It's going crazy here. Uh, and instead of fixing this, he's busy, uh, where should we paint Black Lives Matter? He's decided to put it right in front of Trump Tower in New York. First of all, Donald Trump doesn't live there. He's long gone from there. Uh, second of all, he's got no history of racism. I, I, I can tell you that. I mean, here's a guy who was getting awards years ago from Jesse Jackson for the best minority hiring of anybody in construction. Here's a guy uh, who I used to serve with him on the board of the Police Athletic League. This is the best charity for minority children in New York. And I don't mean he was just on the board. He was hands-on. We used to have the board meetings right in his office. I mean, this is a guy who really, really pitched in on that stuff. There's no history of racism despite what fake news tries to tell you. Uh, but to paint it right outside of Trump, it doesn't make any sense. You know, what, what's on that corner? Tiffany's, Louis Vuitton, 
Bergdorf Goodman. I don't know what it's. It's not the corner for it. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything there. It doesn't mean anything there. Anyway, let's take some calls. Let's go to uh, Dan, who's calling from North Carolina. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Mark? Good. What's going on with that coronavirus down there? You got a little spike? Ah, uh, well, uh, I'm in the National Guard, and uh, we kind of we kind of try to keep clear of it. We, we got a little yeah. spike. The majority of the people here out in uh, Raleigh and Durham are still going out of their ways to you know make make the most of what they have. And um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those intimidating things that it, it doesn't really you know play a factor with me, but to people who are you know less informed and bite what the media says it's kind of hard for them but my questions was in regards to these polls i often see all these poll numbers and they're just troubling because it happened in 2016 um where all these polls were you know showing benefits towards the democrats uh and and we saw as a result of what happened and now i'm i'm 26 years old i'm young but I, I know better than to just believe that. I just want to understand where are they getting these numbers from? Oh, um, as I just I explained, mean, they rig they rig the metrics. They take the number of Republicans in the sample down ridiculously low. They don't use likely voters. They pick some particular group they want to do. Like if it's a college poll, they'll just do it right in a faculty lounge. Uh, they rig the questions. It's, it's just a mess. I don't know what it accomplishes. Uh, it actually helps kill the Democratic vote. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, it hurt Hillary in 2016 because after they look back at it, you know, a lot of people don't want to have to go vote if they don't have to. You got to wait in line. You got to leave work. It's tough. So uh, when they thought Hillary was ahead by 10 points, they figured, well, she won't need my vote. And it, it just hurt her. I don't know what they, what they think it's going to accomplish this time. It's just, uh, you know, first of all, if you really, really are that confident that Biden is going to win, remove the rigging, put in normal metrics and let's, let's mm -hmm. see what happens. All right, thanks for calling, Dan. Oh, okay. What you want to ask one more thing? I just wanted to tell you. By the way, on YouTube, they have blocked all comments on any Joe Biden, um, you know, ads for his presidency, <laughs> and then for Donald Trump, they leave the comments open. So I just thought that was interesting that YouTube is, you know, trying to glorify him, and and they're just completely. Yeah. All right. Good point. Thanks for calling. Yeah, they just listen. We know Twitter is totally partisan and rigged. Now, here I am on the Sean Hannity show with 18 million people listening. And last hour, I mentioned my Twitter. I said, follow me on Twitter, Mark Simone NY at Twitter. No followers. Uh, in fact, it went down. I've noticed this all the time. It's not just me. It's anybody who supports Trump. Uh, we're all losing followers all the time. People that follow me tell, them, tell me they were, they were suddenly unfollowed. It's just Twitter doing that, playing games. Uh, I think two weeks ago, I was retweeted twice by the president in one day didn't gain a single follower that's just twitter playing games with the algorithm uh i think don jr told me he looked in his uh, analytics and one day he had some tweets that went to like 30 million people didn't gain a single follower like you're supposed to believe that youtube plays games all the time they pull down videos that they don't like politically when there's nothing really wrong with them or as uh, as you just pointed out they won't allow comments on the biden video but they'll allow them on the uh, Trump video. Hey, let's go to Lara in uh, Virginia. Lara, how you doing? Doing great, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have two quick questions. Um, my first question is: My first question is, what is the estimated dollar amount that the American taxpayer has spent with all of this ridiculous 
sabotage uh, actions that the left has uh, put forth towards Trump. And my second question is, where is the outrage from the American people? Because I'm sure it is just an astronomical amount. Oh, it's there. It's there. Good question. Thanks for calling. Yeah, we don't know the full dollar amount. And, uh, you know, listen, obviously we've lost a fortune, staggering amounts of money with the coronavirus lockdown. But now you add this in, uh, when you think about, it's a whole bunch of things here Will, with all of this protesting. One, you've got tremendous uh, police overtime, obviously. You've got tremendous damage and destruction to businesses. That's all got to be uh, paid for. Uh, and all these businesses who have been wiped out by um, the lockdown, and then a lot of them, there's a lot of places where everything's just been burned out by rioting and looting. That's a loss of tax revenue, that autonomous zone in Seattle. Now, here's the other problem, uh, and that's what these left-wing, nutty left-wing mayors and governors never figure out, is when you allow lawlessness and crime and shootings and everything, businesses leave, people leave. Uh, Governor Cuomo had the worst record in the United States on this before the uh, pandemic. He had more people leave New York State last year than any other state. So he was already the record holder. They used to say he was U-Haul's top salesman. So on top of that, now you're going to have businesses pulling out of these cities. When they see uh, Mayor de Blasio just uh, not crack down on looting, rioting, uh, they see he's pulling back the cops. Shootings are up dramatically. Crime is up dramatically. You see businesses leaving. It already happened in Seattle. A major uh, financial company just left. They announced they're leaving Seattle. They're moving to Arizona because they can see this mayor and the governor there are just two left-wing nuts who can't control anything, and they just don't feel safe there anymore. So the, the, the revenue loss is going to be staggering. Look at New York City as it got out of control. 10,000 people moved to Connecticut from New York City. It's according to the post office. You know, when people move, they go file a change of address. 10,000 people moved to Little Connecticut. And I imagine... Uh, uh, the rest of the city's feeling that too. People moving to upstate New York, to New Jersey, to Pennsylvania. So it just it just keeps spiraling. It just grows exponentially. It's an absolute mess. Uh, hey, we'll take some calls in a minute. 800-941-SEAN is the number. 800-941-SEAN. So you could follow me on Twitter, but they'll just remove you. <laughs> How about Instagram? Instagram seems to be okay. Mark Simone, NYC, at Instagram. Uh, now, don't forget tonight. Nine o'clock, Fox News Channel. It's going to be a big show tonight. Sean Hannity and President Trump. They'll do a special town hall tonight at nine o'clock. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, order Sean's book. Big new book coming out, Live Free or Die. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Pre-order it wherever you get your books. Back in a moment, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Now, Sean is in Wisconsin uh, getting ready for tonight's big show. You want to watch this tonight. Nine o'clock, Fox News Channel. Very special edition of Hannity. It'll be Sean Hannity and the President of the United States. They will do a, a town hall tonight. Now, I just want to explain something. If you're starting to get a little, like, a little scared, I know, you know, when the lockdown started, when the virus hit, and we're going back to uh, middle of March as everything locked down, it's, it was frightening, especially that first week or two. You're afraid to go out. You couldn't get any toilet paper. Uh, it was just, you didn't know, uh, you know how to get through this. And then it got easier, and the coming weeks but uh then as it looked like this might wind down all oh, you said you got the protesting the rioting if you're if you're just getting terrified that the whole world is falling apart i just want you to remember this i went back and i looked at the pandemic of 1918 and 1919 that was much worse than coronavirus a hundred times worse 
in deaths and how many people got it. It just was way beyond this. Now, it finally ended. At some point, the virus just went away. But here's the interesting thing. As it started to end in 1919, riots began over race, race riots. In fact, the whole summer of 1919, they called it the Red Summer because of the riots that just took place all over America. So there is a connection. Now, in this case, it was triggered by an incident. And there might be uh, you know, legitimate things to fight for or protest over. But whenever something like that happens and you've been locked up for three months, people go even more nuts. So if this rioting or this looting or the protesting looks way beyond anything you've ever seen, it's, it's part of the pandemic. It's part of the lockdown. Same exact thing happened in 1919. Only it was much worse. It was on a much bigger scale. So if you're saying to yourself, how will we ever get back to normal? This is important to remember. After this horrible pandemic, much worse than this one in 1919, and the rioting all summer after that, within about a year, by, by, by 1920, the roaring 20s began. The speakeasies were packed. The great Gatsby was throwing those parties. So don't worry. Everything goes back to normal. Should we squeeze in a call? Let's go to Bob in Long Island. Bob, we just got a few seconds. What do you want to say? Yeah, hi, Mark. I wanted to comment on uh, when people start comparing uh, Slow Joe's age to uh, President Reagan. Uh, I want to point out that when Reagan left office, he was 77. If Slow Joe were to win and get inaugurated, he would be 78 at the time of the inauguration. So it's not a comparison. And Reagan was practically a spring chicken compared to Biden. Oh, I know Reagan sounded like Chris Rock compared to uh, Biden. Anyway, thanks for calling. It's a good point. Listen, we've all seen somebody, grandparent, relative, who started to look like this, act like this. It never gets better. It always gets worse. They just deteriorate. It's only uh, June right now. Hey, so tonight, this is going to be something you want to watch. Tonight at 9 o'clock, very special edition of Hannity. Sean Hannity and the President of the United States are going to do a very interesting town hall in Wisconsin. That's where Sean is right now. And then he'll be back here on the program tomorrow. And don't forget, Sean's new book is coming out in a couple of weeks. Live Free or Die, big new book. You can order it right now. Do it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or you can go to Hannity.com, wherever you get your books. So we've got another hour to go. The economy, how's it going to recover? Get to that coming up. Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Hey, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Normally you hear me here on uh, our big flagship station in New York, WOR, the number one talk station. Uh, Sean is uh, setting up for tonight. This is uh, something you don't want to miss. Tonight at 9 o'clock. This will be interesting. Fox News Channel tonight at nine. Sean Hannity and President Trump with a special town hall. Nine o'clock tonight, Fox News Channel. And Sean will be back right here tomorrow. Also, get his book if you haven't pre-ordered it. It's coming out very soon. Live Free or Die. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Hannity.com, wherever you get your books. Hey, here is uh, one of the great, uh, the best economists in the world. uh, Steve Moore, Larry Kudlow, Art Laffer, uh, and they're part of the President Trump's Economic Recovery Task Force. Uh, they also wrote an, a, a book that you should read, Trumponomics, Inside the America First Plan. This is an excellent book on Trumponomics on the road back, and it's great to have him with us. Steve Moore, how are you? How you doing? Hi, Mark. Good. Well, first of all, thank you for that very kind introduction. You know, I I, uh, I always say that when uh, Larry Kudlow and Steve Forbes and Art Laffer and I Joined a group together. I, I, I was Ringo, and they were the they were the Beatles. <laughs> they made the, oh, yeah. the drum. But anyway, yeah, it's, you... uh, it's great to be with you. I'm feeling upbeat. You know, we had a good day on the stock market, reversing some losses from previous days, and 
you know, I think things are looking up a little bit, a little bit concerned about these increase in caseloads on coronavirus, but I think we can get through this. Hey, but here's the thing I'm worried about. Nobody has figured out the cost yet of all of the looting, rioting, stores uh, burned out, uh, extra overtime. We don't know what the strain's going to be on all these cities. How's that going to factor in? You know, that is going to be an enormous strain, and it goes well beyond just the cost of rebuilding these uh, these immigrant businesses that were burned to the ground or the targets or the, uh, you know, the Walmarts where millions of merchandise was, was, uh, was uh, stolen by criminals. I think the problem for these big cities, and I'm from one, I come from Chicago. I love Chicago, uh, but it is just uh, a tragedy what the politicians uh, and some of these liberal groups have done to that city, to New York city and Philadelphia and Los Angeles, San Francisco. These, these cities, did some real long-term damage to their to their neighborhoods by making people feel like it's not safe to live there, that their businesses will not be protected. The most insane thing is then tell these people, by the way, we're also going to get rid of the police. So the next time we have this uprising, there's going to be nobody who can stop us. So I worry about that, Mark. And, and you know, people are leaving these big cities now, and they're going to places where they can feel safe. Yeah. Hey, you don't even have to defund the police. They're all quitting here in New York. We just had a big commander quit uh, this afternoon. Uh, and, you know, this is another thing. As it gets unsafe, shootings are up. Every crime is up in New York. Businesses pull out. Look at Seattle. You just had a major financial company leave town. Uh, what is? How's that going to affect these cities? How are they ever going to make up that revenue? Yeah, good question. I don't have a clue how they're going to do it because, you know, the businesses pay the taxes. You know, you look at what happened in Chicago where, you know, the looters and the rioters and the criminals, they basically stole millions of dollars of merchandise from the Target and, and the Walmart and some of these, uh, you know, neighborhoods, in, uh, in minority neighborhoods. And now they're saying we're not going to reopen the store. Well, not only are they major, you know, sources of tax revenues for the services in those uh, poor city, poor and minority cities, but they're also major sources of jobs. So I don't get it. Mark, maybe you can explain the logic of, you know, if you are upset and angry, as all of us are, about, you know, racist practice by priests and by police, why you would then go burn down a building in your neighborhood. I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Listen, there might be some protests out there with legitimate grievances on principle, and they're looking for some specific reforms. But they got hijacked by this, uh, let's change the name of this cereal, let's uh, paint this on the street, let's knock down a statue. Uh, the whole thing is getting uh, just dispersed into a million other things. Now, look at this crazy mayor. He's going to paint Black Lives Matter in Trump Tower. And then what's he going to do two months from now when he needs a bailout and he has to ask the president for a billion dollars? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Look, I think we're all disturbed by this. You don't, it doesn't matter if you're conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republic, Republican. You, you have to. I'm all in favor of peaceful protest. In fact, you know, Mark, you and I talked a few weeks ago on your radio show when I told I, I was in Chicago peacefully protesting against the lockdowns and the, the damage that did to our businesses and to Americans who couldn't leave their homes and couldn't go to their jobs and lost their incomes and had to stand in food lines so they could make an income. Uh, and we peacefully protested and the police were there, <coughs> Mark, and we saluted the police because they were keeping us safe. That's very different from what happened with some of the rioting. And by the way, not everyone who protested were rioters, of course, but we just cannot we cannot tolerate that kind of uh, behavior. Um, now, that will negatively affect the economy, but things are looking up, Mark. I mean, we are seeing a recovery underway 
in a lot of these states like Texas and, and uh, Tennessee and, and Idaho and Utah and Arizona. And, and so that's, that's a very positive thing. So I think by the, by the end of the year, I think we could be back to some semblance of normal. Yeah. Now, normally when you have a disaster uh, or a bubble that bursts in the economy, it's hard to recover. It takes a long time. But when you just deliberately shut it down and you, that, that's an easier recovery, right? You just at some point reopen and you're back to normal. No, it's, uh, it's not so easy. <laughs> I mean, because once you shut down a business, it's hard to reopen it up. I mean, I'm on the board of two companies that were going to make it. They were startups and now they had to go bankrupt because they, you know, you can't go with, with, if you're a small business man or woman who's living on your, you know, week to week profits and you don't make a profit, you go out of business. I don't, I think a lot of liberals don't understand that because they never ran a business, but the heroes of our economy, Mark, are the small businessmen and women, the immigrants who come to America and start the little businesses and, and minority businesses. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes they become very successful businesses like a Google or an Apple or an Amazon, but you know, that this has a chilling effect on that. And, and I, I just hope that some of those businesses can, can come back. I mean, I read the other day, Mark, that there's something like 19,000 restaurants in, um, in, uh, in New York. How many of those yeah. are going to be able to survive? Well, they estimate 35% aren't going to make it back. So that's a lot of business. Now, what do you do when uh, a few months from now, Governor Cuomo, Mayor de Blasio, they all go to the White House and say they got to be bailed out tens of billions of dollars. What, what, what should the president do in that case? Well, he should make the announcement right now. There's not going to be a bailout of, of, of misrun and fiscally inept cities and states. I was in uh, Utah last week. You know, Utah is doing well. They balanced their budget already. And, you know, they took a hit like every state did, but they acted financially responsible. They had a rainy day fund. They cut their expenditures a bit and they got through this. And, and now they've you know, got a balanced budget and now they have to pay more taxes to bail out Chicago and to bail out California and to bail out New York, which have had, you know, massive spending uh, that's gone on for years and years and years, and nobody ever did anything about it. So I, I just don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. I think, you know, as my, my mother used to say, you made your bed, you sleep in it. And if New York has problems, they have to deal with it. And boy, does New York have problems. Did you see that the death rate from coronavirus, you know, Cuomo's running around the country saying, oh, we did it right. And did you see that? He said, we, we did it right. <laughs> you did? You, they have a yeah. death rate, you know, New York, that is 10 times higher per person than the death, death rate in Florida. 10 times higher. Yeah. Listen, uh, it, like when he asked for a bailout, he was already heavily in debt before the uh, exactly. crisis hit. <laughs> and last year, exactly he had more people leave the state last year than any other state in America. So, uh, and, and we'll, we'll give us some advice here in New York. We're stuck with this guy for another two years. What are we going to do? Leave. <laughs> no, I'm only oh, a lot of people are leaving. You know, I, I monitor this data uh, from the United Van Lines. They, you know, those are the moving companies, and they monitor where the people are moving to and from. And they yeah. found, just as you said last year, more people moved out of New York than any other state. And even in, as a percentage of people moving out versus moving in, they have the highest percentage. So for every person who moves out of New York, a person doesn't move into, in, into the state. And they're going to places like you know, Florida and Arizona and Texas and Tennessee. And New York has to cut their taxes. They have to, you know, put a cap on their uh, their expenditures, and they have to get back to, you know, safety. Remember when Rudy Giuliani was mayor, crime fell every year. Ever since he left, uh, you know, he and Bloomberg left, crime has been rising every year. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, 
no matter how you could just study the history, but it just doesn't sink in with these left wing mayors that the more crime, the less revenue you get. People leave, businesses leave. So uh, defund the police. All that means is getting rid of a, a few thousand cops. That that doesn't help anybody. So uh, what would you tell people right now? They're worried about their 401k or their investments. Uh, just well, stick, hold on and you'll be fine. Well, I'll say this, that, you know, first of all, we cannot reshut. You know, the liberals are running around the country right now saying shut down the government. Uh, I mean, the economy again. They want the we are up against and Sean talks about this every day because I listen to his show that we are yeah. up against an operation chaos right now where the left is trying to create the very chaos that they're blaming on Trump, whether it's the Russia hoax or whether it's, uh, you know, shut down the economy, whether it's riots in the street. Uh, we cannot surrender to that. We have to get our economy reopened. That, remember, uh, Mark, we talked about this week after week after, on your show, that as of you know, January of this year, we had the best economy in 35 years. We had the lowest unemployment rate, the biggest wage gains, the biggest uh, you know, uh, increase in salaries for workers, the lowest poverty rates. And Mark, do you know what demographic group over those first three years of Donald Trump's presidency with the tax cuts and the deregulation, do you know what demographic group did the best? Minorities. Black Americans. Black Americans. There you He's go. a racist president, folks. He created the lowest black poverty rate in 40 years, the lowest black unemployment rate in 50 years, and the biggest wage gains for blacks in 30 years. And in fact, you're not going to believe this, Mark, but it is true. Census Bureau data, black Americans made more progress in three years under Trump than they did in eight years under Obama. Wow. Well, great stuff. Hey, if you want to read more about this, get the book Trumponomics. It's by uh, Steve Moore and Art Laffer and Larry Kudlow uh, was a part of that, and they're part of the president's economic team. Trumponomics, it's a great book. You can read Steve Moore at the uh, Heritage Foundation. And great talking to you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Mark. Have a great weekend. Take care. All right. T take care. Uh, hey, we'll take some calls in a minute. 800-941-SEAN is the number. 800-941-SEAN. Don't forget, uh, tonight, you got to watch Hannity because it's going to be a very interesting show. Sean Hannity and the President of the United States with a special town hall tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Hey, welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Now, Sean is putting together a big program for tonight, very special edition of Hannity tonight. You're going to want to be watching. It's a town hall with President Trump. He'll be uh, answering a lot of questions. This will be, And he's got a lot to talk about from to, just today alone. So watch this tonight, 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Let's take some calls. Let's go to Dave, who's calling from Maryland. Dave, how you doing? Good, Mark. Um, I just want to mention that I know Sean's going to be on with the president tonight, our great president, yeah. working very diligently to execute his plan for us. And I know that you can get a message to Sean to get to the president. And that is that the president today uh, tweeted that the Black Lives Matter uh, leader should be uh, you know, committed treason and insurrection. Yeah. And I agree with that, along with the Antifa leaders and all these other various miscreants that are part of these communist uh, groups that are now essentially conflating to, you know, uh, uh, have a revolution here in this country to overthrow Trump and burn the place to the ground. So my, my question is, the president believes this, and he's the chief law enforcement officer by virtue of position, but Christopher Ray uh, doesn't seem to be too concerned about this because he's busy sending 15 FBI agents to investigate a garage door rope. So, yeah. uh, all right, I, I got you. I know what you. 
I know what you mean. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling, Dave. Yeah, it's a big mess. Um, the president will uh, will you know he'll take care of it, but uh, you know maybe let it go a little longer. This Black Lives Matter uh, head on television talking about burning down America because at some point uh, the Democrats, the candidate Joe Biden, if he ever uh, finds out about this, uh, if he ever wakes up, uh, is going to have to answer for this. He's going to have to deal with this. Uh, if you're going into an election in November and you got a candidate who's half in a coma and doesn't know where he is, that's enough of a problem. But if you saddle him with this baggage from rioting to looting to uh, this guy's going to burn down America to, you know, to defund the police, how the heck can you campaign on that? How are you going to ever answer for all of that stuff? It's just going to be a mess for him. Uh, and you look at the president. It, it, just take Washington, D.C. as a test case. There's a lot of statues, a lot of monuments, a lot of memorials in the Washington, D.C. President has made it clear none of them are coming down. He's put uh, federal troops, National Guard, uh, federal marshals, whoever he's got, guarding every one of those statues. And you'll see. It'll, it'll, you'll see the difference between there and Seattle with their autonomous zone and that mess. Let's go to uh, Andrew in Florida. Andrew, we just got a few seconds. What do you want to say? Hey, Mark, uh, Simone, thank you so much for taking my call. My uh, biggest question right now is just uh, we see that there's so much corruption in our judicial. The whole justice system is corrupt, looking yeah. at what's happened with Flynn. Um, so just trying to find out, is Trump going to take any action regarding the corruption in our justice system? Um, yeah, I hope so. I mean, listen, it's government. Everything works slow. Thanks for calling. I hope here's what I would do. General Flynn uh, should be out of the woods now. Uh, federal appeals court told this ridiculous left-wing judge was going to try to prosecute him on his own. It's over. That should be the end. Flynn should be a free man. What I would do, I'm serious about this. If I were Donald Trump, uh, fire Christopher Ray. He's been useless. Put in Flynn as head of the FBI. Let him clean it up. Clunk, Comey, Strzok, Page, and that bunch. Hey, uh, we'll, we'll come right back. I'll take some calls. Lots to talk about. Don't forget, tonight at 9, a special edition of Hannity. A town hall with the President of the United States, Sean and the President, tonight at 9 on the Fox News Channel. And he'll be back here on this program tomorrow. And uh, we'll take some calls, 1-800-941-SEAN. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Hey, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Uh, normally, I'm here on uh, every morning, 10 to noon, on our big flagship station in New York, WOR. It's the big number one talk station in America. That's where Sean is every afternoon, rush in between. And uh, you can hear me on, uh, well, you can listen online. You can get the iHeart app. Now, Sean uh, will be back here tomorrow. Right now, he's putting together a big special edition of Hannity. You want to watch this tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. It'll be Sean Hannity and the President of the United States. They'll do a very special town hall from Wisconsin. You can watch it tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Uh, and then don't forget about, you know, Sean's got this big new book coming out. Live free or die. You can pre-order it. That's the best way to do it. I don't know why, but whenever you pre-order it on Amazon, you always get it like a week before it comes out. You're always the first to get it if you're the pre-order. So it's Live Free or Die, the new Sean Hannity book. You can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can go to Hannity.com or wherever you get your books. So baseball is coming back uh, July, uh, what is it, the 26th. Do you understand this baseball, uh, the 23rd? I don't get this at all. I don't understand this at all. They're making these changes. You're going to have a DH in the National League now, as opposed to the American League and National League. And then there's this big thing about extra innings. They don't want any more of these long games that go 19 innings, 18. It doesn't happen that often. 
it's not the biggest crisis. So they, they were talking about uh, having a tie. After a certain point, you stop it, it'll be a tie. Now they got this new thing of uh, if they go extra innings, each team will start with uh, a runner on second. What the? A runner on second? So what, what is the idea of that? that all, all you have to get is a single, and that's it? Whoever scores first. Whoever scores, oh, it's oh, it's also whoever scores first. Well, it's well when you're when you're the home team and you score first in extra innings, game's over. They just don't want long games because you're trying to jam in sixty games in sixty six days. That's why they're doing it, and they uh, want to, yeah, and they I want to preserve it. the pitcher's arms. All right, that's true. That's true. So it won't be a regular season; it'll only be sixty games. So years from now when you look at somebody's baseball card you'll think well 2020 you had a rough year you only had 10 home runs you won't realize it was a very short season uh the other thing is they're trying to work out the schedule so nobody has to travel too much they don't want to be dealing with planes or hotels so they're they're trying to put the games close together so you can basically just take a bus and go home uh i don't know i don't know this is not going to be and it'll be without fans too I like golf without fans. You watch these golf tournaments in the weekend. No, it makes more sense. It looks like some guys playing golf. It always looked weird. There's 4,000 people lined up next year as you're trying to play. So um, we'll see. Uh, it'll be uh, baseball without the fans. It's a lot of revenue is lost, not just the uh, ticket prices, but the hot dogs, the vendors, the parking lot, all that stuff. So we'll see. Everything should be back to normal by football season. Everything should be fine by then. Uh, you've got all kinds of um, just, I mean, the world is just going crazy with all that's going on. There are some states where there's an increase. Florida, Texas uh, look like the, uh, the biggest states with an increase. You've got other ones. It's just a spike, and that's what a spike means, just a quick spike. It'll come down. Now, it looks like, uh, especially Florida, it's younger people, under 30, under 35. They've all, I don't know, like about a month ago, they all started running around again, getting together, crowding into bars, going to people's apartments, having parties together. So that looks like where the spike is. The average age, which used to be high of those that are testing positive, the average age is now very low. So that's most likely what it is. Uh, New York, pretty good, although it's still pretty locked down. Um, that's part of the problem. But it, Connecticut is doing great. New Jersey is doing great. And you got to remember, those uh, New York numbers look like huge death numbers, but 35% of those were through a disastrous accident by Governor Cuomo. He ordered the nursing homes to take these coronavirus patients. That ended up killing 10,000 people in our nursing homes, at least 10,000 at this point. So, uh, And a lot of people uh, upset with Chris Cuomo and CNN. Last night he had his brother Andrew Cuomo on, and they just kept it lighthearted and uh, joking or clowning around. And just to cover their rear end, uh, Chris Cuomo quickly mentioned the nursing home and then they quickly glossed over it and didn't get into the scandal. But the journalists on both sides, right and left, criticizing both Cuomo's for that uh, little clown show in the middle of a middle of a crisis. See, the problem is Cuomo with those briefings, he was great. There's no smoother talker in the Democratic Party. He would just sit back in the chair and do those briefings. Uh, and when he'd get to the death number, he'd start to cry. And he'd, he'd put on this funeral director uh, uh, routine. But he never really showed empathy. Democrats tried to say that about the president, but it was, it was Governor Cuomo that never showed any empathy. Millions and millions of people were put out of work. They lost their jobs. They lost their livelihoods. Many people lost their business, and he never mentioned it. It was ne he, These briefings were going on for two hours. He never mentioned it. Never said a word about it. 
uh, just always locked down, locked down. We can't reopen. We got to look at the day. But when the president did his briefings, remember those? The first five or 10 minutes would be empathy for people that were out of work, needed to get back to work, needed to get their business back. So the good news is if we ever have to lock down again or we ever have to deal with this again, I think they've learned their lesson from other states. Just lock down as little as possible. People over a certain age, people with underlying conditions, lock them down. Uh, you don't have to close everything in such a draconian way. Anyway, let's take some calls. Let's go to Brian, who's in uh, Reno, Nevada. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Doing good, Mark. Thank you. But it's actually Eastern California, formerly known as Nevada. Oh, and well, that's worse. Well, I'm I'm, not, I'm quite happy with these polls showing uh, quid pro plugs Joe ahead all the time. And the more they do, I think it's very good for we, President Donald Trump voters, to not get complacent. So yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, all right. And what do you do there in uh, California? Oh, I'm in Reno, but it used to be Nevada. It's so many Democrats oh, okay. and Sisolak. And the way they vote, and you know, all of Reno is Democrat, but um, recently, a yeah. few but Republicans. What, what's going on with you guys? Can you go out? Can you go to restaurants? Is everything open there? Yeah, it's quite open. Everybody's out. Um, so the cars are all out, so it's crowded. Yeah, it's uh, getting pretty normal. Macy's and they, all them, Best Buy, everything's opened up. They're. Uh, ask you to be distanced. No masks, really, if you don't want. A lot of people wear them, but yeah. almost everything right, well, that's, I can think of is opened up. That's good to hear. Thanks for thanks for calling. That's an important thing to remember when you hear about the spikes in four states or six states. About uh, I think it's thirty five states are open. Thirty are pretty much wide open. So you've just got these spikes in a couple of areas, and it's again, it's much younger people. Uh, it's some of them just got out of control. You can see the, uh, if you just look at Instagram, you'll see, you see them just crowded and crammed into bars or going to parties or getting together. Uh, it, it should be under control in another week. And it's just, just a few States out of the 30 that are open. Uh, here's a crazy state. Let's go to Jay in Minnesota. Hey Jay, how you doing? Mr. Simone, thank you for your time. You were, thank you. What kind of crazy things. politicians do you have there in Minnesota? All of them. Yeah. We have all, all sorts of, all manner of crazy. Um, and speaking of that, you were questioning motivations for skewing poll information. And yes. it occurs to me that there's two possibilities. One's pretty superficial. And the Democratic Party has always been uh, appearance over substance. So uh, that would explain it on one level. But if you look beyond the superficial, and this is going to take a, a little bit of thinking to tier three, tier four consequence. But if you look at that, it could potentially be to incentivize action other than voting. And what I mean by that is if you there when there's a disparity between someone's expectations and reality, there's an emotional response. And usually that emotional response is anger. So if they create a disparity between the expectations and reality, they may be attempting to incentivize an action other than voting. And we're seeing oh, okay. a lot now, of actions other than voting, other than political yeah. action. Uh, Jay, are you a teacher or a professor? I will tell you off the air. 
Oh, okay. That sort of business. All right. We got you. Anyway, thanks for calling. He did sound like a professor, didn't he? With that very serious voice. Uh, The the polls are rigged. All the public polls you see are rigged. First thing they do, the metrics. They don't put enough Republicans in the sample. It's like 24% Republican. Should be 36%. The other thing they do, they don't do likely voters. They just pick some strange category of people and do them. The other thing they do, they write the questions to get a certain answer. So you can take any public poll and uh, subtract 12 points from the Democrat, and you probably got it right. Let's go to Rod in uh, West Virginia. Hey, Rod, how's everything down there? Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I live in southern West Virginia. Uh, Things are pretty calm here. I don't don't think riots and burning would go very well here, but wonder where do you think this is going i mean wh- how do we get uh the end point uh, well i'll tell you where i think it's going good question thanks for calling it remember um it was when obama was running you remember that occupy wall street the occupy wall street protesters were out there day and night and occupy wall and they thought this was uh, great for the uh, campaign at some point they did enough secret polling and then the behind the scenes secret polling it's very accurate and uh, Obama and the Democrats realized it was hurting them. It was not helping them. It was actually hurting them. So remember that Occupy Wall Street, the next day it was gone. They just got rid of everybody. I think that'll um, happen here because I don't think it's gone than everybody. This protesting against the police, against these cities, all these protesters out there are pro- protesting the Democrats. That hasn't really sunk in. Every one of these police departments they're mad at They've all been controlled by Democratic mayors, Democratic city councils, and Democratic governors, like New York, like Minneapolis, like Seattle. It's Democrats that have been running these police departments from top to bottom. So if there's a problem with them, if people are protesting, it's a protest against Democrats. They try to make it look like it has some connection to Donald Trump. He has had nothing to do with any police department anywhere in America. And they're trying to get some legislation, something passed, they uh, and back and forth about this. Now, you're going to hear all kinds of nonsense about the GOP bill didn't ban chokeholds. Well, actually, that's not really true. It did. Uh, it was as far as allocating the federal money, it was only going to go to the departments that restricted the chokeholds, that kind of stuff. So you're going to hear a lot of word games here. Also, they want to ban all no-knock raids. A no-knock raid is, you know, you've seen those things where they got the big battering ram and they open the door and those guys come running in with the helmets and the jackets on. Uh, there are obviously plenty of cases, heavily armed drug cartels, you know, stuff like that, terrorists. We're going to have to do a no-knock raid. You can't knock and just uh, wait there. So uh, you're going to hear a lot of game playing. And if you're watching all the fake news, all the Lester Holt, Chuck Todd kind of fake news, they'll make it sound like the GOP bill was going to do nothing. But it was a really, really well-done bill. Uh, you got time for one more call? Let's go to Craig in Arizona. Hey, Craig. Welcome to the Sean Hannity hey, Show. Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I I watched Nancy Pelosi's comments yesterday uh, about Republicans trying to get away with the murder of George Floyd, and she almost made Joe Biden sound coherent. Yeah, I know. Uh, All right, good point. Thanks for calling. You're right. Pelosi used to look a little daffy, but she's like Winston Churchill compared to uh, Biden. Hey, we'll take a break. We'll take more calls. 800-941-SEAN is the number. Be watching tonight, 9 o'clock, special edition of Hannity. It'll be a town hall. Sean and President Trump tonight at nine. Back in just a moment. 
Hey, welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for uh, Sean Hannity. So, uh, you know, this uh, the other thing the Democrats do, they run the same stupid play each time. It's a play that always fails, so they keep running it. You know, they get somebody to write a book about how awful the president is, how he doesn't listen, he doesn't read, he says crazy things, and nobody ever believes it. Bolton is the latest. They forget to mention Bolton uh, was fired by Obama, uh, or by Bush, then he wrote bad things about Bush. Same thing with Mattis. Uh, Obama fired him. Then he wrote bad things about Obama. The same thing. There's a, like 50 of these people with these books. Remember Michael Wolf? Remember Scaramucci? You don't even remember all these people. So there's a new one coming out. It's a Trump relative who he barely knows, Mary Trump. Uh, a court has ruled. Now you're going to hear this misreported. They're going to say, the court ruled that Donald Trump can't block the book. That's the way you'll hear it on the news tonight. What the court ruled is you're in the wrong forum. If you want to block it, you have to go to this court. So uh, they'll do that. Hey, uh, we're just about out of time. Now, don't forget, tonight, you want to be watching at 9 o'clock. I know you watch Hannity every night at 9 anyway, but don't miss tonight. It's a very special edition of Hannity. It's going to be a town hall with the President of the United States. Obviously, lots to talk about. Just today, all of these developments. So Sean will do uh, an hour, 9 to 10 tonight, with the President of the United States. It's going to be from Wisconsin, and that's where he is now. And he'll be back here tomorrow uh, on the program. So watch tonight, Fox News Channel. Hey, don't forget, Sean's new book is coming out, Live Free or Die. You should pre-order it right now. Because if you pre-order it, they always, you always get it just before it comes out. Uh, Live Free or Die. Go to Amazon. Go to Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. Make sure you go to uh, Hannity.com. Uh, also, if you want to follow me, just go to, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Mark Simone NY at Twitter. And Instagram, they don't, they don't play games on Instagram. It's a little less partisan. Mark Simone NYC at Instagram, or just go to MarkSimone.com. So great to be with you. Be watching tonight, Sean Hannity and the President at nine o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Thanks for listening. Sean will be back tomorrow.